You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Evan Banks. And I'm Deanna Lee. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's March 10th. Is there room for meaningful security cooperation between the U.S. and China and Russia? A new RAND study examines this question, assesses which security issues might allow for such cooperation, and considers the potential risks and benefits. Overall, the authors find that the prospects for U.S. cooperation with Beijing and Moscow are not entirely absent, but they are slim. The best opportunities may be in the areas of Middle East stability and security and on global commons issues, that is, issues related to common domains, such as outer space, cyberspace, and air and maritime domains that are not the sovereign territory of any specific state. However, the obstacles to cooperation, particularly a lack of trust between the U.S. and China and Russia, are significant and growing and the benefits of pursuing cooperation over competition may not outweigh the costs. The authors also state that pursuing cooperation for its own sake is unlikely to substantially advance key U.S. interests. In other words, any cooperation between these powers will be rare and should be narrowly focused on making strategic competition safer. U.S. leaders should expect that the current era of strategic competition is here to stay for the foreseeable future. On Wednesday, RAND President and CEO Jason Matheny testified before the U.S. Senate Committee on Homeland Security and Governmental Affairs. He discussed the effects of artificial intelligence on national security and U.S. competitiveness. Here's an excerpt from his testimony. Among a broad set of technologies, AI stands out both for its rate of progress and for its scope of applications. AI holds the potential to broadly transform entire industries, including ones that are critical to our future competitiveness, such as medicine, manufacturing, and energy. Applications of AI also pose grave security challenges for which we're currently unprepared, including the development of novel cyber weapons, large-scale disinformation attacks, and the design of advanced biological weapons. Matheny went on to list reasons why AI poses special challenges for national security. For instance, AI technologies are driven by commercial entities that are frequently outside of U.S. national security frameworks. And assessments of AI often require expertise that is concentrated in the private sector, and that has rarely been used for national security. Matheny also highlighted eight actions that could help address these risks. These include identifying high-performance computing hardware used for AI as critical infrastructure that can be stolen or subverted, and tapping into AI expertise in the private sector through short-term and part-time federal appointments and security clearances for leading private sector AI experts. Public schools have historically played an important role in shaping students' civic skills. But over the past few decades, school systems have increasingly deprioritized civic development. A new RAND study examines a question central to this issue. What state, district, and school policies are in place to support social studies instruction, the subject most focused on developing students' civic knowledge? 
More specifically, the study looks at the status of policies that, when combined, create an environment to support elementary social studies teachers' instructional practices and therefore their students' learning. The results show that these policies are often missing or inadequate. Additionally, state standards related to social studies education vary in quality, and there is less assessment and accountability. Teachers also receive less professional development and feedback from principals. The same is true when it comes to guidance around curriculum materials. Also worth noting, the lack of support for social studies instruction is in sharp contrast to that provided for other core subject areas, such as reading, math, and science. This has important consequences for how teachers approach the subject. The authors offer some recommendations to address this issue. First, policymakers should work to make social studies academic standards not only more rigorous, but also more consistent with national frameworks. Second, district leaders should provide more supports, such as teacher evaluation and professional development, targeted to social studies instruction and learning. And third, states need to figure out how to hold schools accountable for improving student achievement in social studies. Rand's Brian Michael Jenkins recently completed a seven-part series about the war in Ukraine. He describes how the conflict might evolve, Russia's bleak future, the potential effects on NATO and the global economy, and more. You can find his entire series on the Rand blog, but today we'll focus on the conclusion— titled Consequences of the War in Ukraine, The End and Beyond. The consequences of the largest armed conflict in Europe since World War II are, of course, far-reaching. If the war continues into 2024, Jenkins says American support is likely to become an election issue. That possibility creates a timetable that affects the calculations of America's allies and enemies. There are also important implications for NATO. Ukrainian success will strengthen the alliance, but anything perceived as failure could adversely affect it in a variety of ways. For instance, some NATO members that are already wavering about Ukraine could see failure as validation for an even more neutral stance on conflicts that occur elsewhere. Perhaps most importantly, the war in Ukraine, quote, leaves the world a more perilous place. It makes the possession of nuclear weapons look all the more attractive, and it demonstrates that naked aggression is not ancient history. Under Putin, Jenkins says, Russia remains a threat. On the other hand, Putin's fall could open the way for even greater instability. South Dakota's 24-7 sobriety program requires people arrested for drunk driving and other offenses to be tested frequently for alcohol use. It also imposes swift and modest sanctions for those testing positive or missing a test, typically a night or two in jail. A new RAND study shows that participation in the program is associated with lower death rates. In fact, participants had about a 50% lower risk of dying during the study period compared to those arrested for drunk driving who were not enrolled. These findings are meaningful. Alcohol is the third leading cause of preventable death in the U.S., with alcohol-impaired driving alone claiming more than 11,654 lives in 2020. That's a 14% increase over the previous year. 
Past-ran studies have shown that South Dakota's program lowers the likelihood that participants will be rearrested or have probation revoked, as well as reducing county-level repeat DUI arrests and domestic violence arrests. But this new study appears to be the first evidence that such programs may also improve participants' health outcomes. That's it for this episode. You can learn about what we covered today in the show notes at rand.org slash podcast. We'll see you next week. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision-making through research and analysis.